sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. It's Griff. He's back, gang. He's here again, Griff. Yet at 50 consecutive weeks or whatever the hell it is of, of me doing this. 38 consecutive weeks where I am not half drunk while I'm doing it. And uh, yet for yet another week, I am joined by a man who's recently celebrated his birthday. I mean, assuming born March 2nd, 1947. Uh, Tony, happy 50th. Six seventy fourth birthday. Uh, what what did you get into? I got into some some beer, of course. Um, I got into right. some KFC because. Oh my god! This is how we we roll. Look, I'll give you the choices in my hometown. I had to go one town over to get KFC. My choices in my hometown are the local club, which is like a a pub mixed with a slot machine joint. So it's this is a chicken parm joint, right? Yeah, chicken parm I assume. joint. All right. And yep. I could do a chicken palm, but I do chicken palms all the time. I've got the local Chinese. We've got right. a very, very bad pizza shop. Just terrible fucking pizza. And pizza's my favourite food. Or yeah, everyone's, yep. We've got three fish and chip joints. And I love a good fish and three. chip. Three? Yeah. Only one of them's good. Wow. But, um, yeah, fish and, fish and chips tends to be the classic Australian takeaway. That's one thing that we got off the British Um so if you're in a country town, I mean everybody got it off them. Everybody got it off them. Fair in Faroe Islands, they all eat fish and chips. That's their that's their takeaway. Yep. Iceland loves fish and chips as a takeaway. Um, I mean Ireland obviously was it was all well, yeah. Ireland might have been more prevalent than in England. I'm sure um, it was. They, yep. These folks love their love their love their fish and chips. And I, hell, I love it too. There, I mean, there's a, although my all-time favorite wasn't in any of those places. It's still in Chicago, but whatever. <laughs> See, we Sorry, do ours slightly differently than a lot right. of places around the world. Um, we don't do the vinegar thing. Well, I, mm-hmm. it, I'm saying like this is a massive change, but it's not really. It mainly comes down to the fish. In England, you will get cod. So that cod. that's or haddock or haddock. In Australia. Specifically in Victoria, you see this a lot more. In New South Wales and Queensland, you tend to get other fish. But in Victoria, we actually have shark, which we call flake. Um, sure, and, flake, and so, yep. so the best version of, of flake that we can get tends to be gummy flake, which is on the comes from the meat of the gummy shark, um, which is really nice. And you mm. never have to worry about bones with, with flake. Because now, now you guys call them gummy sharks in Sweden. They call them Swedish fish, I think. But <laughs> same same shit. You guys are deep frying them. That's weird. Of course. <laughs> well, that's another thing we do, which I think we get from your state fairs. Is is not every fish and chip shop does this, and my local doesn't. But the one that I used to frequent in Melbourne did it, and they would deep fry just random shit. Out of oh, yeah, like deep the candy Oreos. bars, yeah, 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 candy bars, deep fried Mars deep bars. Deep fried Oreos are good. Deep fried yeah. Oreos are good. Deep fried Mars bars are good. Yeah, we don't have Mars bars, but we, I think they're Milky Ways. Yeah, the same yep. shit. Yeah, yeah. Get it. Get a Milky Way and deep fry that sucker. The key is to freeze it first, then batter it, then stick yeah. it in in the deep fryer when it's frozen. Pretty, pretty much the case with any state food or state fair food is you have to freeze it first because they're deep frying butter. 
the deep frying milk somehow, you know, all that shit. You to, or, I mean, fried ice cream, right? You, well, you got you to freeze it hard and then fry it in about hard. five seconds so that yep. you can get something out of it. That was the one I was going to ask you about because that is a standard dessert at every, any stock standard. I call them Chinese, but it's really just a conglomeration of Australian Asian food. Um like our local Chinese, they do deep fried ice cream. Is that a common thing that you'd see at a Chinese restaurant or it's just a state fair thing? It's actually funny. We have fried ice cream at Mexican restaurants. It's not deep, <laughs> it's not deep fried. It's, it's like, um, it's generally like a taco oh. salad shell yep. type thing. And then they do ice cream and, and the, uh, Sunday, like an ice cream sundae in there and in a basket fuck me yep. if it ain't if it's not bad i mean i'm, I'm down with it like I, <laughs> never heard me complaining about that when i was a little kid going to the tex-mex restaurant and in, in woodridge or whatever so uh i like that shit man I'll, I'll i'll eat that stuff i actually one of the takeout things we would get in chicago was um it's in a chilies i'm not fucking with you it's a ghost kitchen that runs out of chilies and you guys probably are out if you're out there on planet earth you've probably seen this Chili's is running a ghost kitchen for wings and it's called, wait for it. It's called, it's just wings and they have wings and they have deep fried Oreos. So pretty much what it means is they bought a new deep fryer for every Chili's or they repurpose the deep fryer so that they're like, okay, we're going to cook all the food for this one restaurant in the deep fryer. We have wings, French fries and deep fried Oreos. Everything's coming out of the deep fryer yep. and you're just going to deliver it on fucking DoorDash. And the wings were honestly good. I mean, they were cooked properly. They were a decent wing. They were covered in buffalo sauce. No complaints, right? And I didn't yep. have to work for it. But uh, the deep fried Oreos were pretty good. A little scoop of ice cream on there if you wanted to put it on yourself. That's what I would do. But And just another bad. couple of tips when it comes to fish and chip. Um, I know I've spoken about one of these before. Not sure whether I've spoken about the other thing to order. Chico roll, of course. Oh, yeah, Chico roll, yeah. That's, that's the fish and chip shop standard thing to have sure. if a fish and chip shop doesn't have that well there's something wrong with that place um and yeah that's the place to order it. you can get it at other places as well but that's the place to order them from but the other thing that we do is a potato cake now our mm. potato cakes are a little different what they are is a they take a large potato it's got to be a, a large potato they they mm -hmm. take a slice off it so you like a, a oh, like a mandolin slice. No, it's not yeah. like a potato chip slice, right? Or well, is it that like style a of chip? slice, but much okay. thicker, much much thicker. Like uh, quarter yeah, like quarter slice of the yeah. potato, but like quarter inch maybe. Yep, and then that's put in batter and deep fried. So it uh, sounds good. It sounds like a big, like a like a battered French fry kind of. It does, um, but yeah. big, but yeah. huge. But huge. That sounds pretty good to me. So what happens is the potato kind of steams inside, and they are the mm -hmm. best. And you get yeah, it becomes crispy. like a little mashed potato thing. Yeah, yeah, sounds good with crispy potatoes. And if you've got somebody battering them fresh and gets all the craggly bits on it, oh, the best. And, sounds good to me. And that's something. Hey, what's the key? I'm, I'm yeah. going to continue on my fish and chip shop. Um, all right, guess you go comparison. for this forever. Um, in Britain, they cook a lot of stuff, and it's sitting. They're already cooked in Australia. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, everything is cooked to order. So that mm. is another difference. We, we don't have a big thing of chips ready to go. Like if you order minimum chips or a small chips or a large chips, depending on how they, they do it, they will 
they will cook them to order. Same with the fish and the chico rolls and everything. Nothing's ready to go. Well, if you're a prisoner, you know, which everyone in Australia is or was, uh, you you need somewhere to hang out. So they'll just fry it up for you while you're chilling out there. They're like, yep. hey, I'm dodging the the police who were also prisoners. So, uh, <laughs> for sure. you know, just looking at you. So what's the KFC order? Getting back on track. What's the KFC order? What are you, what are you getting at the KFC? I'm just actually, I because I, I had to drive over and drive back, I wanted to eat in the car while it was nice and hot. I just went for a tenders box. Do you guys have tenders on your KFC order? They're just a standard. Oh, yeah. yeah, they have the crispy tenders. Yeah. yeah. So in that um, box order is three chicken tenders, popcorn chicken, which I'm sure you guys have KFC, have popcorn chicken. Mashed potato and gravy, chips, yeah, sure, and a drink. Yep, classic. And there, do they have the wedges there? The no potato wedges. We, oh we, shit, we, those are good. Yeah, we just do a, a, a thick cut. You guys yeah, like a chunky chip type yeah, thing. Yeah, we just call them chips because we yeah. call anything a chip, whether it be a. You sound like Ring, Ringo Starr on <laughs> The Simpsons. Here we call them chips. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I, I do like the potato wedges from there. Um, I haven't had KFC in a minute. What about the potato um, and gravy? Just, I know it's not like real potato and gravy. It's its own thing. It's it's its own thing. Yeah, it's fine. I think it's good. I like the ones from White Fence Farm in Chicago. They're the same shit. Um, they're certainly instant potatoes with some kind of chicken gravy. And yeah. my ass is in on it. Give me it. Uh, the, if you leave them the next till the next day, though, oh. an absolute disaster. They have to go. If you eat half the thing, the rest goes in the trash. Yep. Sorry, we got to get rid of this. This ain't this ain't worth nothing. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I we got a little fast food this week too. Uh, went to Freddy's Steak Burgers. Freddy's Steak Burgers is really good. If you haven't had it, um, I know you probably haven't, Tony. No, next I have time not. you're out here, we'll hit it up. Freddy's sure. is like Culver's Max to me. I love Culver's in Chicago area. Culver's is delish. Um, but Freddy's to me just like ups the game a little bit in my mind. Just um, quality? I'm sure you or? have this argument. Just different. Um, they do the smash burger where it is fucking smashed. And there is like a crispy lip of burger, like thin crispy burger around the burger. Yeah. Um, wild shit. And uh, good custard. I mean, I don't think the custard is really better or worse than Culver's. Culver's is good custard, too. Um, but I like they do the shoestring-style fries. And the thing that puts them over the top is the jalapeno fry sauce. They have fry sauce. It's like a, you know, like a remoulade-type sauce. Yeah. Um, and they have a jalapeno version. <laughs> and uh, it was absolutely, it's absolutely delicious, and they do a special seasoning that they put on there, and I just put that fry sauce on the burger. I put it on the fries, everything. It goes on everything. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, now, you've but got I got to some- tell you this story. Yep. I got to tell you the story of the drive through So it's only a drive through right now with these places, right? I mean, whatever. So I get in the line, decent little line on a Saturday evening. Um, I was feeling a little bit in a rush, I'll say. We were meeting our friend and um, – friend of the podcast, Brian, and his lovely wife, Jameson, out for uh, some drinks here nearby at the newly opened Atomic Liquors. Very cool. Um, so first we had, uh, we're like, well, let's go grab a burger, go over, you know, the 10 minutes over to the Freddy's, get in the line, wait in the line. I'm feeling a little rushed, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get a, I'm just going to get a big thing of fry sauce so I can have it in my house. You know, I don't need to ask or like get some little cups filled up. That's wasteful. I'll just get like a, a, a container of it. And I just could not 
in the drive, I just have drive-through panic for the rest of my life. I'm going to have it, even though I know exactly what I want. I could not muster up the word to ask for the purchased bottle of fry sauce. I couldn't come up with bottle. So I get up there, and first of all, the closest word I can draw out of my brain at the moment is tub. I almost asked for a tub of fry sauce, and I was like, that's not the right word. And I managed to twist and turn in mid-sentence to say jar, to ask for a jar of fry sauce, (laughs) as if they have little glass jars of fry sauce somewhere. And they're like, oh, you want a bottle of fry sauce? I'm like, yes, yes, that's what I want is a bottle of fry sauce. I could not muster up the word for bottle. And we talked about this last week. I had the Del Taco. I had the drive through panic. Here again, I'm just sitting there being like, Paul, what do I say? I don't know. And it's just an absolute disaster every time. I, I'm, a, I'm a mess. I'm a flat-out mess in the drive through I don't know yep. why. That's why, like, online ordering makes life so much easier because I have – Yes, and Freddy's has an app to do online ordering, and it doesn't work in Vegas. Like, they oh. don't let you do it in Vegas for some reason. I don't know why, but there's no mobile ordering at the – there's two of them. There's one right by Corey's, the uh, beer – bottle shop in Henderson and then there's one right here by our house um on the west side and um nightmare yeah couldn't online <laughs> order total disaster did get the giant thing of fry sauce though and I am happy about that so uh it was a, it was a win in the end um yeah Freddy's is dope now you all know well you should know that I make burgers from time to time I'm mm-hmm, huge fan mm-hmm. of the smash burger we don't have enough places here that do it right I have a super, super heavy burger press to actually smash those suckers. Like really got some heft to it. Do you ever go to the trouble of making your own burgers? I I don't imagine you'd ever need to. You've got so many places that do great, great burgers that it's just not something that you would ever do. You know, I don't feel like I have, I need a, I I don't have a cast iron skillet here at, uh, at the old um, uh, temporary home. So that's one thing holding me back. Um, and I, the thing is with a place like Freddy's and a place like Culver's, it's, it's one of those things I think Bill Oakley talks about. I don't know if you, if you guys follow Bill Oakley on Instagram, good follow Tony, you should definitely follow him. He was a writer and a show, he was the showrunner for the Simpsons and within the first 10 years or so he does fast food reviews. So he's not Charles Oakley's brother. No, (laughs) although if he were, we would have some questions. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he'll make stuff like that and he'll be like, Oh, I made it. You know, I made McDonald's French fries. I made an Arby's roast beef sandwich. And then he's like, well, is it, is it good? Is it worth it? Is it better than Arby's? He's like, yes, but it also costs like $22 to be a little better than Arby's. So I'm just going to go to Arby's. I don't care. You know, same with uh, burgers, you know, it might be a little cheaper, honestly, but if I get, if I buy it the way I'm going to buy it and you guys know, I'm a, I'm a big, you know, fucking weirdo. And I would get my nice, uh, I get, I'm not buying, I'm going to buy 80, 20 or 70, whatever the really lean, you don't want the really lean meat. You want no. the fatty meat for your smash burger, right? You're getting 75, yep. 25 or eight. You don't care. 70, 30 is generally where you want to be. 70, 30, whatever. Yep. So you're, you're buying that ground beef is expensive here now. That's five bucks right there. So I've already, I've already, I've already bought two burgers by then. You know what I mean? I got a double in my hand for $5. Uh, an in and out double double is four dollars and ten cents, yep. and it, they cooked it for me. You know what I mean? Like, see, this is where we've got a big deal. An advantage we've got local butchers. Um, yes, you pay a little bit more for your meat. You're not you're not just going into a supermarket 
or you can, but I don't see the point in that. But if you get it fresh, mints that day, yep. um, it's yep. it, it's great. It yeah. really is great, and it's better than what we can get at any chain here because we don't have that Positive, next yeah. next step of chain. So we've got McDonald's, we've got KFC, we've got plenty of chains at that level, but we don't have that sort of. It's not necessarily more expensive, but it's more prestigious. In and out, five guys. We don't All have. Right. Even an in and out level where we've got something that's regional yeah, no, yeah. and um, has a great reputation, or certainly that Five Guys thing that's got the hype that I don't understand with Five Guys, it's fine. It's not worth but the extra good. money. I mean, if you had one, if you had one by you, you'd probably try it. Oh, absolutely! I would, yeah, I, I, yeah. I would certainly get it from time to time over these other yeah. generic places. If I'm going to treat myself, yeah. I'd spend the money. And at that point, I'm not sure whether I'd make them at home, but because you've got a drought of good hamburger places, yeah, no, it sort it. of forces you to, to do it. And it's not something that, that takes hours to do either. That That's the real key thing with burgers. A lot of other things I see people recreate and I think, is it really worth the effort? Even fried chicken's lime ball to me, but I do it occasionally. But burgers are sure. a no-brainer because there's, there's not a lot of effort yep. to it. And you can have a couple of beers yep. and then make yourself a smash burger and you're still not going to fuck it up. You've- yeah, that's actually probably something I would consider doing. Yeah, when I get home and I got my cast iron, I might uh, I might get in a smash burger game just to see if I could really. I, we have a buddy, um, our friend Kyle, who is on our Discord with us and listens yep. to the show, has re- invited us over for smash burgers and made them. And I gotta say, they were really goddamn good. So yep. maybe maybe you're right, Tony. Maybe I should be cooking some of these up myself. And uh, his could- his were definitely a big winner. Yeah, the only thing that that we have trouble with, I think you'd have less trouble with, is sourcing a good roll. We tend to... Uh, you get that Martin's potato roll. That's perfect. the one out here that you're yep. supposed to get, yeah. Yeah, we, we have to get a milk roll and we can only get that at one supermarket in my town. Otherwise, we've <laughs> got to go brioche. And brioche is... Uh, I know everybody's thinking, oh, brioche should be perfect. It's not the right... It's right. so sweet. It's too heads. Yeah, it's, it's and it falls apart. Yeah. It doesn't have enough structure like a milk or a potato right. bun has. And you, you don't want to go into a, a plain... Bread roll or bap, as you would say, they just don't work either. So a bap, burger bap. Um, hey Tony, do, are you guys get? I, I real quick, are you guys getting the new chicken sandwiches at McDonald's? Are you getting the new fancy chicken? No, you're no. not. Fuck. Um, we got the McRib Damn. when the McRib was out earlier this summer, or in your place, your case, yeah. whenever that was out. But we're not getting the fancy chicken. Um, because the Popeye off sandwiches, yeah, yeah, no, we we don't get those at our McDonald's. So I we have to come up. We, we got to come up with a fast food thing that we can both get. Yep. So that's something we got we got to figure out. Maybe if we have, if we have any listeners out there have a tip on us that uh, I know we have Australian folks. I know we got American ones listening. If you've got a if you've got a tip on something that's not the McDonald's hamburger that we could both some one of these new fangled fast food doodads that we could both get and try uh, and and review on here. I would love to do that. Um, so, I mean, KFC is probably, maybe it's KFC, maybe it's McDonald's, maybe it's Tony, you can drive the two hours out to Carl's Jr. I think we're going to get some of that stuff. Um, um, no <laughs> Carl's Jr. in the state of Victoria. I think there's a Carl's Jr. in Sydney, but not in Victoria. Oh, I looked up. There's some Carl's Juniors at Mel in Melbourne. Oh. In the Melbourne area. You got a whole set of Carl's Juniors coming out to you. Oh. Um, and you got the God, the Godzilla versus Kong oh, yeah, burgers we, coming in. Oh, Docklands. Excellent. Um, Altona, Altona's too far yeah. away. Cram, 
Crambin wish. You just have to drive forever to get there. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to make you do that. But um, that is a nice segue, Tony, to get uh, Ooh, to remind people. Warren Dot. Oh, you got. Oh, sorry. Got one closer. Uh, yeah, Warren Dot South. Um, directions. How long would that be? What? It'll probably give me public transport directions. Two hours, 23 minutes by car. 204 yeah, kilometers. Yeah, that's far. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's worth it for the to get the big Carl or whatever the hell it is. If if um, I go to the footy this year, which is a very line ball situation with the mask wearing situation, right. it's not an issue of uh, worrying about coronavirus. But we're still under. If you're on public transport, you have to wear a mask, and if you go to a sporting event, you have to wear a mask. So right. that'd be nine hours straight of wearing a mask, and that just does your head in. Um, that's a long day. Yep. Yeah. But if I do go to the footy, I will go to Carl's Jr. in Docklands because that's right in the centre of Melbourne, not far away from Marvel Stadium. So, um, All right. Marvel Stadium. And you can get the Godzilla versus Kong burgers. Yep. Perfect. Cool. So that's a, that's a little segue. Gang, come check out our Discord. Had some Discord talk about this. We were just talking about Carl's Jr. I was posting to Tony that he has to go get the – the Godzilla versus Kong sandwiches. They have a Godzilla sandwich, which is a triple stacked burger with bacon, and they got the Kong sandwich. And apparently, Kong maybe he maybe King Kong likes chicken. He must because he's got a sandwich with two chicken breaded chicken fillets on there, chicken fillets. Sorry, yes. this is an Australian sandwich. So uh, we did get a nice tip, I thought, from uh, our friends Tom and from our friend Nut, who. Uh, mentioned that you were, were uh, referring to the uh, what I believe, what I knew, now he now he calls it the clusterfuck or the McGangbang. I was familiar that, with this as the McChurger, which is where you take a McChicken patty and you slide it in between a um, uh, I think it's a big, oh it's a McDouble. That's right. You put the, Mc, you put the chicken thing into the McDouble sandwich. Um and uh, you could do that with this. So you could take the two chickens and fit them in between each one of the three burgers, and you could make the uh, Kongzilla, as a as Nut Nut described it, which I think is an excellent idea, and horrifying, in fact. But uh, but I think it's interesting. Uh, other stuff we had this week, Tony. I don't know if you saw any other highlights. We had our friend Corey posting about the Schlafly Stout Hall of Fame, which I thought was good. <laughs> Um, as much as I love some of those Schlafly stouts, including the, uh, uh, the coffee stout most notably, which I think I've talked about on here where they make yep. a coffee stout in front of you at the beer fest where they put a little bit of cold brew concentrate into it and then pour over some oatmeal stout. That's delicious. That's the all time winner. Just going to say it right here, but, uh, I would love to try the toasted coconut and the Dulce de Leche stout. Those both sound good. Mm. Brian already, Brian heard me mispronounce that from. 15 miles away, dul- dul- dulce de leche, um, and, and laughed at me. So, <laughs> had some good pastry stout posts this week. Um, did you see this one, Tony, from Nut? The uh, crispy cakes from Maplewood. Did you see this one, Tony? I have not. I'm just having a look now. It's uh, the last thing in there. They described yep. it as a pastry case ale. Pastry case and ale. I- yeah, I think it's meant to taste like a sort of like a blondie slash rice crispy treat. I wonder whether um, it's or 
Is it like the um, snot block, sorry, vanilla slice um, beer that I had? I wonder whether it's like that. I would think it's in the realm of that for sure. Yeah. I think it's like supposed to be a 7% or so though. Um, they, they, I've had some of these maple wood beers they make, um, that are just these sort of sweet, sweeter golden ales like this. And they're pretty good for like a few ounces. I would say drinking that much of it. I mean, Tyler, uh, more power to you, but, uh, Oh boy, that's a that's a lot of sugar right there. Tony's going into insulin convulsions right now, thinking about it. But I am. I will say, the ones that I've had, they're actually better if you let them sit on the shelf for a month or two. Sometimes okay. they they, while you lose a little bit of the vanilla, a little bit of that sweetness rounds off, and it certainly balances more against a more mature. Um, can if you know what I mean because the first one I ever had was super hot but it was canned within like three days of me having it so it came across as kind of kind of hot and just not together I waited right. another yeah. two weeks it was much better waited a month and a half and it was superb it was one of those beers that you oh, don't wow. want to drink super fresh but I tell you yeah, what I did sense. see in the beer chat your right. good friend Jay Rome Posted oh yeah, I did see this. Yes, that um, is up there with the um, Waffle House beers, yes. the Jimmy Dean beers. Jimmy Dean's a perfect example of of where this beer is just delicious. Yeah, I would say I I am skeptical as to whether this exists, but <laughs> I think it is more within the um, Jimmy Dean realm. Yes, the Waffle yes. House beer was real, if we recall. Um. This was called Vienna Sausage, just a juice. I would just assume this is like a hot dog water beer. That's what I was getting uh, off it. I have off. I have joked before that uh, I don't know if I've ever said it here, but I would. I would think it's very funny if somebody made an IPA out of hot dog water. Now I will say this though, and this is off. This is not hot dog, but I did drink a Gosa from Oxbow, a, a, a established farmhouse brewery excellent farmhouse brewery and this beer was good they made a gosa but the salt component was they cooked lobsters in it yep no drama with that it was fucking good and i saw the big pile of lobster shells and oyster shells because they must have been eating oysters before they ate the lobsters got to the brewery pile of shells on the on the corner of the brewery i'm like these motherfuckers are outside eating lobsters Yep. That's good. And then I drank the beer with the lobsters in it. I was like, it just, it didn't taste like lobster. It tastes like Gosa with a little like nice brininess to it. You're like, perfect, you know? Well, you, Wild. funny you mentioned oysters because that's a traditional-ish one in Australia. I'm mm-hmm. sure it is in America as well. Is the oyster stout. Oyster stout, of course, yep. Which, which For sure. a, again, yep. is just giving you that little bit of brininess. You can't taste oysters. Just a little no, slight briny note. Not at all. Of course, yep. So the hot dog, but the hot dog water beer. I'll say this: uh, microphone, you're on, you're on blast. <laughs> Bring me the hot dog water beer, Vienna beef, hot dog water beer. Uh, if you're throwing fried chicken in a beer, we can have a hot dog water beer. That's my that's my advice for them. So I would hey, you want you want tips like this? Get in the Discord, uh, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up in our email. We will get you in here, and you can get delightful insights like these. And uh, you, Tony. And you can get some yes. gambling um, 
updates, not so much tips or anything, oh, just yes, people posting their their wins. No, I, I would never give these as tips because then I would feel like it would be uh, expected that I could do it. But I did uh, post some wins. My favorite being when I bet Nice to beat Stad Ren in uh, in Ligoon. Uh, hey, plus 390. That's a nice payoff. That but is. We'll Out of a $5 right. investment, I'm going to do some quick math. I'm, I'm going to guess that pays 24.50. Uh, you did it. Yep, that's correct. I got twenty four fifty. Wow, he's like a Stephen Honking over here. We got we got over here. It's wild. The cripple part. Um, I've got on point. Yeah, you're nailing that. Uh, so Tony, uh, I've been drinking this week, and it's time for me to bring back everyone's favorite segment. It's Griff's Logger of the Week. Uh, Griff's Logger of the Week is back. For- We'll just repurpose a drop. Oh, yeah. I love that one. Yeah, very good. Uh, so, Grisslogger of the Week is back uh, with more of the same shit that I've been talking about for the last few weeks because I've, I am in love with the same three loggers. Tony, do you want to guess which one of the loggers I bought this week to take home and have been drinking? I'm just trying to think which one. Um, well, we've had, had pretty much the cool, the cool ship logger. We had. Um, I'm going to say free- you're back. Back on the cool ship vibe. I think it's been three weeks since we've mentioned cool ship. No, I I, I did have one on Sunday though, but uh, no, I did buy another six pack of of Freem of Freem oh, pills. Freem pills. Uh, the the all uh, uh, American classic. So that's the lager of this week. Um, Can shout I, out to Pop Fuji though, which is on draft over at Atomic, and that is cool to have on draft a mere couple of blocks away, but. Um, can I Enjoying also join join you in um, the Lager of the Week segment? Because oh my God, yes, I'm drinking. We need a, a new Lager of the Week. I'm drinking a Lager right now. It's a um, by Bright Brewery. Bright being the location, sure. um, which is in the um, sort of the northeast part of the state where I live. Uh, my folks went to Bright and hung out at the brewery quite a bit, and they brought back a heap of stuff. A um, bunch of sours, specifically for me. A couple of milkshake beers. Still got one of the milkshakes left. Um, but their lager is on point. It is really, really delightful, really super crisp, just the right balance of hops. Um, is it just lager by Bright in Australia? It's the Alpine Lager by Bright Brewery. Um, All right, let's look this up. I'm sure the ratings aren't good, but because this is Australian untapped, so... Um, right. For me, it's a four and a half star point, lager. Oh yeah, three point five one. That's not horrible. No. Only twenty seven chickens though. Wow, um, looks good. Wow, their their whole like vibe looks nice at this place. Yeah, yep. Um, you're in joint. you're in the mountains in in Australia. It's a place during the winter that does get snow from time to time. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Um, they're they're sort of famous for their saison. I've spoken at length about their saison, but their other core beers are really good. Pale ales, good solid pale, and they're starting to do some nice weird stuff now, which is good to see. Yeah, more milkshakes. Get rid of that saison. Come on, let's get into. Do not get rid here. of that saison. You will not replace saison with with milkshakes. Saison is the most underrepresented style in the beer world. I'm a, true. I'm a huge fan of Saison. It has sort of 
the style that's almost as wide as IPA and every beer that I've had has brought something new to the table, good or bad. Love me a Saison. I've actually got – Burial is releasing a canned Saison tomorrow for me to buy, which I will be buying and getting shipped to my house. So uh, I'm excited for that. Um, I've had a bunch of their, they've had a few traditional styles came, come out recently. I think I mentioned they did an English mild, which yeah. is on point. They had an English mild that was on this week. They have both a Saison and a coffee porter. And I know I've talked about their coffee porter, yeah, which you is have. Absolute fire. Never have not had the Saison, the Saison yet. I'm very excited to have that. Um, and of course they're releasing like a fucking milkshake IPA too, but I'm, my ass is all over all three of those. So, uh, pretty pumped for that. Um, Tony, any other beers this week you've been drinking that you were, uh, you were super on board with that you got anything stood out? Um, yeah, there, there was one and I'll give you one guess at the brewery. Hmm. Is it deeds? <laughs> How did you guess? Of course it's deeds. Of course, last week I spoke about their Hellas. I think it was last week I spoke about their Hellas. Really, really yep. delicious. But they're going back to the well with what they know. Um, uh, Lament Configuration, the beer's called. It's an Imperial or Double IPA. It's uh-huh. under both on Untapped. Um, just hazy as fuck. Um, I think it's... a. Is that their wheat beer that they did with 50% wheat? Uh, yes, it's a IPA with 50% wheat, and who isn't a fan of that? So super hazy. Um, I think you guys are horrible at ratings. This beer it looks like it's a 4.5. I mean, I'm just looking at it. No, like, it's okay. a 5. It is a banger. Yeah. It is an absolute banger. I mean, it looks like it should be getting a 4.5 in untapped. Like this is a nine percent beer, and somebody says the best hef of twenty twenty one thus far. It's not a fucking hefeweizen. <laughs> it's a wheat wine, wheat wine IPA, if you want to call it that. Right, American wheat wine, we'll call it that. You know, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, what, a, what a mess! You guys yeah. are not good at rating beers. I am. We're don't, not good at it either, but you're worse. Don't lump me in with those fuckers. <laughs> um, yeah, really, really great. Beer. It's not a. We don't get a American wheat wine here that often, and sure. I had it super fresh. We don't get any. It doesn't really exist. I just made it up. So uh, you've obviously it had it one up. or two times, though, right? You've you would have. Had I've it. had hoppy wheat wines before. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is just a double IPA with wheat. It's a du- yeah. it's a double haze with wheat with a wheat bill to a degree. Um, they making hazy, people are making hazy IPA with everything here. The grist is a total mix up. Yeah, now it's it it's oats and barley and well, it's always wheat been and flaked, flaked wheat and stuff like that to try yep. to just expose more, uh, I guess, unsoluble parts to the to the uh, to the water is is really what it seems to be doing. Yep, that and that achieved that goal for sure. It, um, it was hazy as hazy, mm-hmm. but really interesting how blonde the color was. I'm sure that was a part of the reason yeah. for it as well. It's, it's not like, um, even this lager's got like a golden color. It was a much lighter straw yeah. and to be so hazy, it's just crazy These, to look this at. Looks like a, this is a burial double IPA. It looks, this is the color Yep. of every burial double IPA is this, is this exact level of haziness. 
this alcohol. This, what's the, what, what's the hop mix? Uh, what do we got in here? Uh, we got. Uh, I listed oh God, on the can. They didn't tell me. I'm reading all this shit they wrote. It's just like burial, where I have to like read through six paragraphs of shit to oh, yeah, find they, out if there's a cop in it or not. It doesn't actually say. <laughs> uh, God damn, but it looks good. I can look it up on their it. website. Just give me a second. Continue talking and I'll get back to you on that one. All right. Well, Tony, I'll tell you my my favorite thing I drank this week, just uh, to, to pull from the universe of Table for Eight, the extended universe, as it were. <laughs> and uh, I'm drinking it right now. This is RPM IPA from Boneyard Beer in Portland, Oregon. And... Man, I've been drinking a lot of West Coast IPA out here, and this might be the one. I really? love salami. I loved Taste for Adventure from Pizza Port. I even had a West Coast with Pizza Port. That was a Pizza Port and Boneyard collab, I think, maybe this weekend. That was great. <laughs> but this RPM, man, I it's been on tap at Corey's. It was on tap at Cerveza down the street here. And then I finally got some in cans that I overpaid for. And... uh Dude, it's nice having it in the house. This tastes so good. I, I yep. mean, I don't have a great, I mean, it just is a, it reminds me of the best qualities of all of my favorite West Coast style or clear beers. Zombie Dust, yep. Alpha King, uh, Stone, you know, back in the day yep. has that bitterness, has the sweetness of a Citra like Zombie Dust, has that little, it's so dry, it drinks so easy. Um, this stuff fucking rocks. So, uh, I'm on it, and uh, I I I have I have some more uh, to talk about with Boneyard here as we get into the show. So stay tuned. But Tony, what'd you find out about these hops? Okay, of course on their website they give give great detail, and on the side That's of the cans, it's a wheat double IPA they call it. Um, mm-hmm. the hops. This one is a head scratcher for me, but it worked out. Southern Cross Eclipse. And Citra. Oh, Citra. Yeah. Well, Citra blended all together real nice. Yeah. Um, what are what are Southern Cross and Eclipse? I, I I'm I guess I know Eclipse, but I couldn't I couldn't tell you a profile I, of it. I think um, Southern Cross is a new style um, Australian hop. Yeah, I guess these are all in. Yeah, I think these are all in the new style of sweet and juicy. Would be my total. Would be my no, guess. A, sweet juicy. It's a New Zealand hop, um, so it's a variety of Simcoe. Okay, that makes more mm. sense now that I didn't realise it was it was daughter or son of Citra and um, of Simcoe. So um, that makes All perfect right. sense for for that. And they actually give you the um, the amount of hoppage per litre. So it's twenty five grams oh, per litre, which is what three quarters of an ounce per litre. Yeah. Um, so that's a good amount. Yeah. Yeah. That's. That's three ounces per gallon. Shit. Right. All right. There you go. Um, that sounds delicious. I want some of this Deeds beer someday. Someday I'll dig this up. Um, when you can get into Australia, because you can't at the moment, we're, we've extended it another three months, so you can't get into Australia even if you wanted to. <laughs> um, people, but when, Are people getting vaccinated there? Is that happening? Very slowly we're, we're starting to get vaccinations because we weren't going to overpay for the vaccine because we've basically got no cases because we've 
we haven't got our borders open. Um, last week we had 15 active cases in the whole state of Victoria, six and a half million people. That number would be down to five or six. We've had yeah. no new but you cases. Also wanna, like, you also want to like travel and shit again. So you guys probably are going to yeah. want it. You have people with money that want to travel and do shit. And but that's the thing we're starting to see. To show up there, yeah. Is we're starting to see people travel around Australia again. The borders are starting to open up, except for WA. They're being fucking assholes. So <laughs> if you want to travel to WA from Victoria, you need to um, quarantine in WA once you get there or spend two weeks in either Northern Territory or South Australia before, before wow. crossing the border because we've had 15 or we had 25 active cases a few weeks ago. Where we had our circuit oh, breaker. Well, everything's fine here, no problem. Um, all right, so Tony, I did want to talk about Boneyard Beer a little bit more because some news came out today, and that's where we introduce a little segment called Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. So this, this came out today that Boneyard, well, they always describe it as a partnership, but it's not, I, I would argue that a partnership, you know, is two equal partners coming together, uh, in which case I don't believe this is the case as much as I love Boneyard. They may be equal in uh, beer quality. Um, I would guess one of these two breweries is much bigger than the other as uh, Deschutes, and announced its partnership with Boneyard. And my guess would be that Deschutes, uh, actually it's not a guess, it's the truth, Deschutes purchased their neighboring brewery, Boneyard. Um, now, to me, I look at this on the surface and I say, cool. I, you know what I mean? I don't know what to say about this other than I think it's good um, yep. for me. Now, I don't know what meant about you know was boneyard struggling i know boneyard is um you know a, a relatively small brewery that had started doing some packaging they were well known for they started out of a garage they um were, were draft only pretty much i first drank this beer that i'm drinking right now rpm ipa at a yard house somewhere in the seattle area <laughs> um and then that was like seven years ago um and uh you know, they started popping up in cans a little bit. They still been on draft out here in the, in the, uh, sorry, in the Vegas area, not in the Chicago area. So, and Deschutes is a brewery. I have a ton of respect for That makes a lot of very delicious beer. Um, and is a classic. Uh, so I don't know. Are you familiar with, are you familiar with Deschutes, Tony? Is that a brewery you have any level of knowledge of? Because they were one of the OGs when I was right into my home brewing sort of, craziness um especially early days mitch Steele, not from deschutes but formerly of um anheuser bush and then he was at um where was he he was Uh, at stone yeah yeah, he he was one of he was the founding head brewer at stone i believe or he came along very early on i think he's now got his own brewery or is a consultant somewhere um he produced an ipa book going into a little bit of the history and then a lot of modern recipes. And, of course, one of his touchstones was Deschutes because they were one of the leaders in that West Coast-style oh, yeah. IPA. And so I was familiar with with them through that. 
And we can occasionally get Deschutes, even at our local Dan Murphy's, we occasionally get a Deschutes beer. Um, not always the freshest, but um, delicious enough and fresh enough that I, I can taste what's going on there. So it's a brewery that I'm more familiar with than, than a lot of the ones that you mentioned. So, yes, I'm familiar with Deschutes. It's interesting how this will go down long term, whether it is a genuine partnership or this is a sort of just PR speak move because it could be a differently structured deal. Like could be, it could be some sort of ownership stake still there for the original owners and it may not be a complete takeover or it could just be, yep. who knows. Well, let's look. So Deschutes is based in Bend, Oregon, which I, I've been to their Portland location. I've never been to Bend. I, I would love to go to Bend. Very pretty there. A ton of good breweries. But um, uh, so here's here's the quote from Deschutes Brewery President Michael Lalonde. Uh, What's happening is that Deschutes is taking over the brand of Boneyard and all of their beer brands, their recipes, the location they have over at Lake, which is the original Boneyard pub and tasting room. So uh, Boneyard co-founder Tony Lawrence is getting equity in the deal. Tony gets ownership in Deschutes Brewery, so Deschutes is going to have their own brand supported by everybody at the company, and Tony is going to have the freedom to pursue his brand. So now if I uh, looked at anything I would love to have, and I know that growing too fast is a dangerous situation, I don't think that the first batch of RPM IPA they brew at the Deschutes production facility will be the same going to have to dial that in yeah but that said if they make this beer and it tastes like this and they can put it on shelves in chicago you're rolling i don't know how well it'll sell but i will be buying it <laughs> i am i will be buying it. Uh, this is one of the best west coast ipas i've had uh ever um i, I love how you pointed so I, to yourself when you said i will be buying yeah, this almost like me, me buying yes it's <laughs> delicious and I, so I guess I look at this and I say, this seems like if I had to take a guess, you know, with a, my limited experience in, in the realm of, um, M and a, I guess, uh, where I have a little experience, I, uh, I would guess Boneyard is, was looking at some options for not getting out, but, but trying to, to make sure they could either continue to grow or stay alive in a, in a part in, without the capacity, without the materials to do mass production of um, package, right? Yep. They've generally been a draft-focused brewery over time. And they might have looked at a company like Deschutes that has a ton of expertise in packaging and distributing beer and <laughs> said, do. please help. Yeah, uh, in our current marketplace. Um, well, a yep. lot of people are, are still going out there, they're draft has to be taking a hit so you either have mm-hmm. to tool up there or you 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 partner up and it just makes sense in the way you're speaking about it because packaging costs to put new production lines and stuff like that in and then to get it right in the first place um that seems very hard at this point in time because the cost of production lines has got to be pretty high at the moment because the true. demand's there and supply is limited it just makes sense to partner with somebody that's got that experience that can sell to where the market is right now that that may change but it just makes sense right now to 
if you don't have a packaged business to go with somebody that does have that experience and and you know they'll get that element of it correct right out of the box while it may take them the time to dial in the recipe of the actual beer you know their packaging will be on point it'll come clean and clear of of bugs and stuff you know their labs on point they know how to package beer they know how to get things fresh to people as well um as i said we're getting to shoot beer here in australia and it's and it's not dusty and it's not horrible and it's not just like flavorless nothing so they they know how to they know the logistics on the other side as well. It's not just about packaging. They have that logistics side to them, so it just makes complete sense to me. And if you have to sell a good portion of your business to do that, as long as you're getting a fair return for it, I applaud you. Well, and I think um, there's there's as a, as a consumer, not as either of these guys, because I couldn't tell you what the value is for, for the – Yep. You know, I could, it's hard for me to say like that Deschutes is going to win out of this or Boneyard's going to win out of this. You know, I hope they both do. But um, as a consumer, I look at this and I say, this is good. This is good, uh, 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 I guess, uh, synthesization, right? Um, the breweries coming together here like this is good to me because what yep. this means is they're not – they're not selling to bigger operations, right? So Boneyard is selling to a to an operation that is slightly bigger than it is, right? Probably much bigger, honestly, right? Yeah. Um, and they're conglomerating in such a way that's going to make that this company a bigger, more powerful distribution arm on their own, without having to go to, you know, uh, AB or uh, Miller or somebody and ask Monster, for right? their. So all of a sudden they have, and and in a lot of ways it has Deschutes, a brewery that I feel like could have been on the brink of something like this, right? They probably have some brands that are, while the beer is not dusty, the brands are, right? Those are beer brands that have probably, you know, uh, our legacy uh, in in the best way to say it, right? So Black Butte is a lovely beer. Obsidian is a great drinkable stout. Um. I mean, inversion and North and Red Chair and all the Mirror Pond. Hell, I know their whole fucking catalog. <laughs> um, they're all excellent, but those beers, you know, are of a different time to a degree, yep. right? So, how do you freshen that up a little bit? I think Boneyard can help with that, and um, those beers will come back. I think Red Chair is an awesome beer, by the way. It's an um, like a red Northwest red pale ale. It's really really good. Um, so they they still have some. Just to, a little reinvigoration, I think, is good, and then and then the, the the fact that they're they're starting to conglomerate this way instead of just selling straight upward to the highest bidder um, is encouraging a little bit because we knew that the beer uh, amount of beer companies eventually had to start shrinking. Oh, of course. If they shrink in this way, I think that's more encouraging than if they shrink in a worse way, right? Where yep. one big company buys them all up. In this case, if we can, if they start to consolidate into a handful of of maybe regional type um providers in i don't want it to be like that right but you know what i mean right where where maybe if there's six breweries in the in a town maybe we don't need them to all be in um they're not always going to all be independent forever you know a couple of them might switch together or find ways to consolidate in such a way that helps them or collaborate or otherwise that um make them a little more developed I see it no different to the restaurant world. We see this all the time in the restaurant world where we're either 
businesses get bought out by other non non McDonald's isn't buying out a bunch of local retailers. Some retailers go belly up. Some get bought out by their competition. Some get bought out by the big guys when they make it to a a a, a big enough stage. But it's just a maturing of the market. I think what we'll yep. see with breweries is we'll see less of them, but much like the restaurant business, we will still see independents that start up, succeed and fail on their own merits. And that, that'll be a good sure. thing when we actually re- reach that level. It may not be the saturation point we have now, maybe at when there's 6,000 independent breweries in America rather than the ten or 12,000 that we, that we currently have. Um, who knows think, where that maturity point will be? Well, and I start to wonder if, if the anheuser Bushes of the world are even interested anymore uh, to a degree because uh, their growth is all in seltzer now. <laughs> you uh, could be right there because they were worried about Yeah. They were worried about the, the craft beer cutting into their market, but I don't know whether that market is removed from them now and they'll, they'll move on to something like hard seltzer. I hadn't even thought of that. But that, they were essentially just vacuuming up these people just to try and maintain their, their profit share. And I'm, I'm not sure whether that case actually works. I don't know how many breweries you have to get to. I'm sure it would be in the thousands for that to actually reach a tipping point where that's actually a thing. But Speaking of Anheuser-Busch, Tony... Uh... Another little piece of of some Piper beer dork shit news. Um, dork shit news. Right. Platform beers, entire Columbus, Ohio taproom staff quits, citing safety concerns. Platform beer company is an Anheuser Busch owned. What do we call them? Affiliate, I guess. Um, own company. They, 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 yeah, they're craft beer brewery that got bought by Anheuser Busch, and um, they now of all the bullshit that gets spewed about this work, right? And listen, I know people who work for Anheuser Busch with a union, right, in union conditions, and have a pretty good situation, right? Yep. Uh, they work in a production facility in St. Louis. They have good working conditions. They feel like they are treated pretty fairly. And I think that is due in no part, uh, no small part, sorry, due in no small part to the fact that they are union workers, right? Yep. Unfortunately, in these companies that Anheuser-Busch is buying up, the rules don't necessarily apply, especially in the state of Ohio. So, uh, the entire platform Columbus crew has quit. The tap room is closed until further notice. Thank you. That's what a sign posted on the front door of the platform beer company tap room in Columbus read on Saturday, Saturday, the, that would be the 28th of February, uh, uh, 27th of February. Uh, the entire staff quit in a walkout in a letter to owner, Justin Carson, that was shared on social media. Staff cited longstanding grievances, including feeling that platforms COVID policies were window dressing and that concerns among staff were repeatedly ignored at the brewery, which in 2019 was bought by Anheuser-Busch set pandemic profits while workers were left on skeleton shifts with cratered tip wages. Cool. 
Um, I'm trying to find some of the highlights. There were some, there were some uh, specific um, complaints I know of just uh, being left uh, people, uh, uh, people being left alone to close, which is a no, no in the service business here. Um, there was some, there was some real problems. Oh yeah. So, um, in several of the company wide safety meetings regarding COVID-19, it was made abundantly clear that the company was making money to speak nothing of the AB acquisition or the safety net it may provide during each of those calls. We were told several times that we're shattering our goals. Although none of the boots on the ground, Hourly essential employees have received hazard pay or any financial support, knowing full well that the tap room itself does not get many customers and by extension, no tips. Employees said in the letter that on weekdays, some bartenders would walk away with only $12 in tips after a seven to eight hour shift. Bartenders were asked to assist in making food uh, because kitchen staff had their hours reduced and delivery drivers were required to stop using their personal vehicles and instead drive company vans to save the company paying them mileage, which reduced their pay by an average of 50%. Yowza. Uh, really bad stuff from these guys. Uh, I expect no nothing else from Ohio, the state of Ohio. Um, no offense to anyone who lives in Ohio, but your fucking state is fucked up. And uh, isn't that the it, home of Mike DeWine? Isn't he the Ohio governor? Mike DeWine. Uh, it's also the home of uh, people who root for Ohio State, which is a whole other the thing. Ohio State. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> the one. Uh, so this is bad. Oh, one. Here's one. According to the letter, the tap room has had three positive cases of COVID-19 in the last six months. That almost sounded like applause when I said that, which would have been really funny. Yes. Um, we still have a home phone for some reason. The only people that ring it are scammers. So, um, yeah. Good, good thing. Oh. Uh, I hope you're calling about this COVID-19 case, huh? Well, no, they'll be t- talking about um, government... Um, initiative for solar panels or um, changing our light globes to LEDs. So they're the two calls that we get a lot or we get the your Amazon account is being hacked or or um, your this is the Australian tax office, we are about to repossess your home, which is always a good one. With Well, well here, here, let me finish this yeah. story here. So these guys had three positive cases of COVID-19. Uh, they were the employees were only notified in two of the instances. One of the employees was kitchen staff. We never closed. We never noti- were notified officially in order to specifically disinfect the area or to get tested ourselves. Um, there was also I don't have it here, but there was also an unrelated thing where they took a picture and I saw it posted of a bunch of black mold in the kitchen. Um, super fucked up. Really good. <laughs> So I don't have any other news than that. I didn't hear. Uh, so there was a, they addressed it. Um, uh, that they okay, today several of our Columbus location employees resigned. We take this action extremely seriously. We're gathering more information about the issues. Um, over the last year, our priority has been the health and safety of our employees and our guests. We've implemented health and safety protocols that closely follow SD, uh, CDC 
and health authority guidelines, including contact tracing and proper communication and some other bullshit. And then there's some PR shit here. Uh, starting on Monday, we'll be doing small group. Kind of some So whatever, it said nothing. And uh, all I have to say, Tony, is Platform Beer, you are on the shit list. Uh, yep. Not that I give a shit because I was never going to drink any of your beer anyways. Who cares? Um, stupid. Um, all I can say is, and I'm not a good example of doing this well because I don't know how to do it and I'm too stupid and I'm too big of a pussy, but we got to, we got to organize the workforce, Tony. Yeah. It's I, fuck. I'm a believer in that because this is a perfect, or the other thing is, and this, this puts more pressure on the employer when you have a livable minimum wage. And oh yeah. Well. We've seen how that's going, yeah. Yeah, and so that would that would also make a difference, and actually put, and and so if people um, and social security for that matter, when people can afford to reject jobs that that do shit like that, where you're getting twelve dollars in in tips over the course of a shift, and you're probably taking home twelve dollars in actual wages because it's probably an hour, a dollar an hour wage or some. Really shitty, not perhaps that extreme, but it's certainly not your twenty dollar an hour that you would see in Australia for that sort of position. Sure. Um, I would say that, uh, unfortunately, and I we haven't talked as much politics lately, but I, I would say that the the dusty old skeleton who is currently our president uh, has, is not doesn't seem like he's too interested in doing much for the workers of the country, and I guess that doesn't surprise me because that. <laughs> He said eight months ago when this was going on. So uh, I call me shocked, but I, uh, or call me rude, I guess. But yeah, he's an old dead skeleton and he's not even going to, he's going to give me less money than Trump did. And I still don't have a vaccine. So, you know, fuck that guy. Yeah. He's wage either. The, the thing I will say with Biden is he has been predictable. This is what we, we, we oh, call yeah, no, it. It's chill. It's just like bad shit is happening, but it's cool. You know, it's like, ah, nor- the normal bad shit is happening. Back to normal. <laughs> We're just sort of like taking it easy. And it's less, it is less, I've said this, it's less active here. And is that good? Yeah, I guess, you know, but also. It definitely I mean, is. And that that's the thing you've. Getting, we're getting, we are getting fucked still, so. Yeah. Like, just look at CPAC and what. The nonsense that went on there. Do you want another? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like the the alternative isn't better. No, the alternative is just inevitably going to happen. Is the problem though that that's the issue? Is that it's going to be chill. Nothing good is really going to happen, though. And um, inevitably, we'll end up in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty four or both with the at most loony people in the in history in charge. So, um. I mean that's pretty horrifying, but for for a while here it'll be pretty like easy going, I guess. You know, for a, a, another twelve months it should be easy going, but then we'll be back into um, into campaign mode because we all know a presidential campaign takes a good two years, and can't wait. We're going to get more Kayleigh McInerney. We're going to get more. Um, Jesus, I've already started to forget their name. I was going to say Sarah Huckabee Sanders, but she's going to run for governor of bumfuck mm. wherever Mike Sand, 
um, Mike Huckabee ran. Um, Kellyanne Conway missed her, and the fucking Lincoln Project. Their 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 grift is still going on. Good boy, they're uh, terrible. Good boy. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, you know what? It was nice for the few weeks we didn't think about this, but uh, you just brought up the minimum wage, and I was like, "Fuck, that ain't getting any better, is it?" Look, we can talk Australian politics if you want, because we've had um, yep. our Attorney General Christian Porter has been accused of rape. And you course, guys are attorneys? Oh my god! <laughs> our attorney general is it um, one of our Did top lawmakers? Do they wear the hats? Do they wear the wigs? No, this is this is <laughs> not this is not a barrister situation. God, this is just a government government appointee um, in the government. So this is not a real attorney. Um, he's not a qualified practicing attorney, but um, yeah, he's he's been accused of that. And, yeah. No, so, of course, the prime minister is supporting him wholeheartedly. Yeah, the, the mayor of New York, or the the governor of New York, has been kissing people at Rand. He's Joe Namath. He does. He, he is doing the Joe Namath thing. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cuomo is a. Oof. Now, there's one skeezy individual. I would say not a huge fan of either of the uh, Como brothers. Oh yeah, no duh. <laughs> I, I still stand. We said this on the podcast that I, I swear to God we did that when Chris Cuomo had COVID, he was faking it. I am yes. positive he was. Yeah, he yeah. was definitely fake. <laughs> I think we did speak uh, about that on the podcast. All right, one last thing I want to talk about before we get to our game, Tony. I am a paying member of Untapped now. You guys can see my motherfucking gold border around my check-ins. Um, I am the king. I am the king. And it's fine. I, I fucking, <laughs> it pisses me off, honestly. I, my, my short, my one week review at this point, and we'll talk more about it in coming weeks. Um, I don't know how to review beers now with a 10th scale. That's too many buttons. It's too many options. What's the difference between 4.8 and 4.7? What's the difference between, um, you know, three, uh, 4.1 and 4.0? And I also feel yeah, of course. Like, thank you. He's <laughs> back. Congrats. But um, I also feel like I have to rate. This is like the buffet feeling, you know, where if you're at the buffet, you have to make sure you eat as much as you can. Yep. Um, because the, you're also not getting what's worth out of it. Um, I have to rate a beer by a tenth because if I just rated a four or a 4.5, I could have done that for free. Yep. Why wouldn't I rate it a 4.6 or a 4.4, right? So I, but I don't know the difference. I know that to me 4.5 means this is a like elite beer of this style, right? Yep. But what does 4.6 mean? I don't – I guess the same. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's fucked up. It's too, it's too much is my complaint. It's too much, and I feel like I have to use it because I'm paying for it. The only thing so, I would say is – on that, if you're rating two beers on one night and one is a 4.5 and one's slightly better but it's not a 4.75, then that's where it comes in handy. Only on that same session or night. Boy, that, that, like, that is literally the only that, case I can think of that's actually yeah, useful. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I get drinking a... Uh... Drinking a Miller High Life and then... Uh, or sorry, drinking a Miller Light and then a Miller High Life Light... And rating one a 
1.5 and waiting the other a 1.6 and being like, aha, I've figured this out. It's perfect. But as much uh, as we make fun of that, you know that ability to do that has got certain people paying their membership just for that fact that they can write. Oh yeah, I don't, Here's but, more exactly. I mean, I, I've seen people type stuff into the comments that says, this is actually a 4.375. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, how do you know? <laughs> how can you? How can you tell? I'm just so jealous. I've checked in ten thousand beers. I've never been able to tell if I'm drinking a four point four six five or a four. I mean, people can rate. People in their mind are rating to the hundredth. I'm like, what? Huh? Just wacky stuff. But I, I've I've said it before. My palate is ass. So I maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Everybody's palate is ass. So I'm I'm going to give yeah. you a defense. You talked about. It. Yeah. Over and over again, we see on Top Chef and Kitchen Nightmares that when they do a blind taste test, they cannot tell the difference between mushroom and chicken liver or celery and um, chicken schnitzel. They think they're the same because they're blindfolded. Everybody thinks their palate is exceptional, but when you take away other senses, um, Mm -hmm. our palate really struggles. Our and so to be so exact in ratings is ridiculous. You look at the best reviewers in the world for anything that they do, whether they be book reviewers or movie reviewers or beer writers like the um, – you, you probably have more names than this, but Michael Jackson, for example, they didn't have exact styles. They had <laughs> – Okay. They had – they had words and they had nuance that they spoke about in their words, but they didn't get to a granular level of um, Cisco and Ebert didn't rate movies on a on a on a four point three seven five. Yeah, on a Metacritic scale of of ninety three percent or three point three six. Yeah, yeah, they gave it thumbs up or whatever. Yeah, yeah right, one or two, yeah. or zero. <laughs> and because because those those. Numerical differences are meaningless. Context plays a big part in it. It's just like the it's it's like the money thing, right? Like our brains can't imagine more than five thousand of something or whatever. You know, it's all that all mixed together. All right, Tony, it's time for us to stop our fucking babbling because we're gonna play a game. It's another version of this or that. Drop coming Drop. soon. Pending, yes. And this, I'm going to call a new type of this or that. I'm calling this the before or after edition. Ooh. And, Tony, this is in honor of your very special birthday. I joke that you were born in 1947. Tony was not born in 1947. He was born only a mere five years before me. He is older than me. That's funny. Ha-ha. <laughs> old son of a bitch. Uh <laughs> Tony, I'm getting the year right, I believe, right? You were born March 2nd. Correct. 1980. That is correct. All right. So, Tony, I have a list of 10 well-known beers. Well-known, not just American, a mix of, well, there's a couple countries in here, I guess. Um, There are some (laughs) non-American beers in here, at least one. Um, and your job is to tell me if these beers were first released 
before or after the day of your the momentous day of your birth, March second, nineteen eighty. Now this will be a real challenge because a lot of these oh, yeah. are going this to be will- macros. And they like to put in like this fake history behind this this beer and make them sound like they've been around since since Jesus was a boy. But a lot of these beers are a lot newer than people think, so this could be a really tricky game for me. This will be very tr- tricky. I gotta admit, I think this one's gonna be very tricky. Um, and I'll try to read a description for these two just so we have some more uh, interesting content. Uh, to go with it. So, and sometimes that might, is actually going to be funny. So here we go. So the very first one, you're going to love this one. The very first one is, is, uh, is about as, as tricky as these get. I'm coming out firing right away. Tony, the very first one is Sierra Nevada pale ale. That is after my birth, I believe, because I believe. Sierra is our most popular beer. It's a delightful interpretation of a classic style. You know Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. You don't need me to read the description. No. So you think this is after your birth? I do, just barely, because I believe um, there were a couple that were either 79 or 80, and that was just before Sierra Nevada um, came out. And they were sort of the there – was, there was at least one or two breweries in America that – that got their start just before Sierra Nevada, and I think that was 78 or 79, so I'm going to say just after. Tony, you are right in that it was just after. This beer was released in November of 1980. Uh, wow. Pretty remarkable. It's right there. Yeah, I was. I thought I, I might have had you with this one, but yeah, November 1980 for Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. You're one for one. Very good. Now let's see how you let's see let's see how the other ones do here. Let's see if I got a my brain was more on point for the rest. Um, all right. Next up, here we go. This is a favorite of mine, especially while I'm here in Las Vegas. Famously served for one single dollar at the Casino Royale. If I get vaccinated, Tony, this might be one of the first five things I do in town. Is it, and I know I hate the strip and it's annoying. But I would just absolutely kill to go get myself a $1 Michelob light from my friends over at the Casino Royale where I tip them $1 also for my $1 beer and they still give me a dirty look for it. Um, <laughs> are you familiar with the Michelob brand? I'm sure you are from the Michelob Ultra. I, I've, I, se- I've said this before. Michelob Ultra is the ultimate, ultimate airline beer. That's what you have when you're on a plane. On Southwest, you order a Michelob Ultra. So uh, Anheuser-Busch describes this beer as an American light lager brewed with a blend of Hallertau, Strissel, Blatt, and other yeah, hop Blatt is, is an old school hop. Uh, I'm going to... Oh, every bone in my body says this is after 1980, but... I can imagine this being a 1979, November 1979 beer. I'm going to go with 1979. This was BT, before Tony. Tony, you're right. It's before. Uh, Michelob Light, 1978. was the very first Michelob Light, a beer that I never think of. 
and never care about and never see and will never even and, and have maybe have ignored, I guess, entirely, except for when I'm standing at the Casino Royale and I order two of them at once. So <laughs> uh, just walking down the street. It's great. And there's a White Castle in there now, Tony. So next time you're here, we'll go do that. Excellent. Um, all right. Now right, here's some more classics for you. These are all these are all classics. You're gonna love all these. Next up, uh, this one. This one. I don't know. We'll see how you how you do with this one. This is another favorite airplane beer of mine. Uh, this is uh, the Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Oh, this is. I think this is later than what people think. I think this is even out of 1980. Could even be 83 or 84. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my gut instinct and say this is much later than what people think. I still think this is a good beer. It, it has a place in a rotation on a on a on a shelf. Um, I, I like Boston Lager. Uh, it's a fine Vienna style lager. G- give me give me 80 after Tony. He's right again, gang. This is after Tony. Uh, this is uh, April of 1985, but just before my birth, in fact. Uh, so if we ever play this game with me, this would be a good one that I could, I would almost certainly forget because I've never remembered anything we've ever done on this show. So, uh, yeah, three for three, Tony. You're right. Samuel Adams, Boston Lager, April 1985. This beer on Untapped has a fucking massive description. I mean, this is the longest. <laughs> goddamn description i've ever seen it's go read it it i mean it, it will take you 10 it's it's 200 words yep. um uh, are you looking at it tony do you no okay do you want to guess the rating on sam adams boston lawyer right it, quick it's not going to be good we, we spoke about last week about the microcosm that is untapped i'm going to say it's above three but not much above three give me a 3.17 a little low. It's three point four two, but still, it has four hundred and fifteen thousand ratings. Nuts! That's wild. All right. Next up. Now, this one I uh, this one is a little tricky um, because it's it's whatever you'll you'll figure it out. So this is uh, Anchor Liberty Ale. So the Anchor ah. Liberty Ale. Which is a nice beer if you've ever had it. Um, yep, from, from from the guys over at Anchor, Fritz Maytag and his crew. Um, yeah, Anchor Liberty Ale is their next one. See, Anchor, I don't put in that same crop as um, Sierra Nevada as sort of the founding of craft because Fritz actually bought them out earlier in the seventies, and they but they were a continuing um, venture by that point or. They they weren't a startup when when a lot of these original crafts started, but I'm going to say this is after because a lot of people um, have to realise that that Fritz had to redo that whole lineup of beers, um, and I think the first beer that they would have um, worked on would have been the Steam Ale, and I think Liberty would have been sometime after that. So I'm going to say that pushes it maybe a half half a decade or more later. In their in their sort of growth factor, so put me eighty after Tony. 
Tony, it's your first one wrong. This oh. is before this was first released to celebrate the 200th anniversary of Paul Revere's historic ride, <laughs> April 1975. Wow. Uh, it is virtually handmade by the brewers of Anchor Steam Beer. Uh, Liberty Ale is made with uh, barley malt, fresh whole cone hops, top fermenting yeast, pure water, and the simple natural methods which reflect our exceptional respect for the blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. Who cares? Um, sounds delicious. And they make a double Liberty Ale now, too, which is kind of cool. So I actually kind of want to try that. So it's the first one Tony gets wrong is Liberty Ale. Uh, tricky. It was a tricky one. All right. It sure was. Next up... A, a classic, a beer we all love. Tony, the next one up is Miller Light. Oh, now the the trouble with this one, of course, is when did the diet boom happen in America? Because that that's the main reason for light beer in America. So, oh, Globe Light already, of course. Yes. Um. I'm going to put this after again. I just think Richard Simmons was starting to get foothold in the late 70s, but I think the the low-carb heart health thing, which it really isn't, um, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, after again. After 1980. All right. Uh, incorrect. This is Ooh. 1975. Wow. Miller for Tony, uh, it's the first, really the first light beer was Miller Light, one of the very first. So yeah, it, uh, it was it had to be the first, in my understanding. All right, <laughs> here's here's one that I think is going to be interesting for for you to react to. Um, all right, two, three, for five. Here's number six. This is Pliny the Elder. Um, I'm not familiar with it. Um, this is another American light lager. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's right there with um, Utica Club, Genesee, <laughs> Green Ale, and the Elder. We can get them all in the same same way. Now, I know Russian River have been around for a long time. Now, Pliny the Elder may not have been brewed under the um, Russian River banner at that stage. It might have been brewed. Under a brew pub name. Oh, this is a tough one. I'm saying this is before me. This is a style that um, seems like it was invented in 2002, but Pliny has been around for a long time. I'm going to say it's before me. All right. Tony, I threw this one in just to straight up fuck with you. Uh, this is way after you. This was first brewed in 2000. Oh, um, you son of a bitch. Old, old for the type of beer I think it is and it tastes like, but uh, young for in yeah. relative term. So, I, I should yeah, have said that. Just fucking with you. It says Pliny the Elder on it. It's funny, and it's a classic beer in the craft beer canon, but now, it was brewed in it's fucking millennia, baby. So... Uh, was I, I I right in that, or you, you, there's no way of verifying that it wasn't brewed under the Russian River banner at no, that yeah. stage? So Vinny, Vinny Salerzo, I believe his name is, um, yeah. did not brew this under another okay. pub, I don't believe. Um, uh, he did, so they, they did brew at the Blind Pig. Yeah. Uh, 
but he was generally brewing the, uh, that was not, that would still not have been anywhere close to your birthday. No. Um, but, uh, he, I don't believe they made Pliny the Elder under a different badge. Okay. Um, Fair enough. It was, uh, yeah, I, I think that, I believe the inaugural ale, they, he recently released the first beer he brewed at the blind pig brew pub. Um, actually he released the recipe for it recently. I don't, um, I haven't looked for it, but it, you know, they brewed blind pig IPA and then they brewed this for, uh, in, in 2000. So yep. 20, 21 years of Pliny the elder, which is something. Um, all right, next one here. This, this one, you're going to like this one. Here's a classic. Uh, old English 800. Not familiar with this. Oh shit! Uh, old English 800 is a malt liquor. Uh, it comes in big. It's a big funny. Everyone heard me say that and laughed. I hope. <laughs> old English 800 is a thing you buy in 40 ounce bottles, clear bottles, and, and you fucking brown bag it, baby. This is straight up malt liquor. Uh, here, let me see if I can find it untapped. <laughs> okay, while you're looking that up, I think this is 1974 era time Times Square, New York, or or one of the boroughs like the Bronx. I can imagine this being consumed in the Bronx or anywhere where um, James Franco is playing sort of two lead roles. If you're familiar sure. with that show. Whatever that was called, um, I don't. Uh, I don't uh, I, although I am thinking of that, uh, it just made me think of that movie, the Tommy Wiseau movie. But uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know why. The um, was James Franco in that? I think he was. James Franco he, made a v- version of of that where the making okay. of the room. So you're right. It is before Tony. Yep. Um, you're, it's not 1974. It's 1964 is the first old English wow. 800. You got to look at the untapped. It's people. I mean, what you do with this stuff is you either just drink it straight out of the fucking 40 or you pour like this feller did, poured some orange juice in it, which you could also do. And, uh, yeah, one of America's leading malt liquor brands, commonly referred to as OE800, OE offers a smooth, rich taste with a slightly fruity aroma. And it is weirdly fruity, which is very odd. Um, that is a favorite among malt liquor drinkers. <laughs> One of America's original malt liquor brands, seven and a half percent, a 40 of this. You, if you, um, for example, maybe if you were in college, if you duct tape these to your hands and you play a game called Edward 40 hands, you could, uh, do that. And yep. then you have to get to unzip your pants so you could pee pee. Uh, very cool. The deuce is the show I was thinking of. Um, oh sure, from yeah, a couple of years ago. Anyways, this beer, this, this malt liquor has a two point two four rating on it. Far too low. Yeah, I, I agree. For what it is, I mean, it's it's giving you what it is. All right, four for seven for Tony. Next up, uh, we talked about this beer last week. Young's Double Chocolate Stout. Ooh, tough one. I think this is a longish, longer established English beer. But double chocolate, oh, chocolate's a newer ad rank. Older. This is this beer's older than me. This is BT before Tony. Before Tony. Incorrect. This is 1997 oh. for Young's Double Chocolate Stout. The ingredient uh-huh. again. You, you threw this one in for shits and giggles as well. These are the ones I'm getting wrong. 
<laughs> yeah, the shits and giggles ones I thought might fuck you up. Oh. Um, all right. <laughs> Here's another one. This one you'll know. You'll know this beer. Bud Light. Oh, see, so you, you, you go, how quick were they to adapt to Miller? Because, uh, I'm going to say they were quick enough. I'm going to say before Tony, that they, they, they got under the wire just. Ooh, 1982 for Bud Light. Oh, Just sons of Tony. bitches. Just after Tony for Bud Light. All right, sons. you got one left. You're, you're one off of going 500. Use uh, <laughs> the last one. This, is, this one's from America's oldest brewery, Tony. Uh, this is the Porter Beer, Yingling Porter. America's oldest brewery. But Porter was an extinct style. I'm going to say this is way after. This is a shits and giggles one. Porter was a dead style. If right. if it was before, they're not even close to the same recipe or even close to the same beer. Sure. That's a, that's a good guess. Uh, that's exactly what I thought you would do, and it is a shits and giggles beer, and you were way off. It is way before. First brewed, Tony... And released in 1829. That is some bullshit. Because 151 years before your first. Fucked. I'm going to mark that down as a win. I called it exactly right. <laughs> this is not a beer that's in current production, even if they've got one that it says. It is current production. Um, we're yeah. going to talk about this beer right quick because I this was actually my Fucking favorite one. shenanigans. It is, it is good. Um, I want. <laughs> I go six for ten. I don't care what you say. Six for ten. Uh-huh. Uh, they are brewing a, a beer of more recent tastes called the Raging Eagle Mango Beer. That was not stuff first brewed in 1829. But uh, let's let me look at their porter, which was brewed and released in 1829, and it is described on their website as. A craft style beer with caramel and rich and dark, uh, sorry, a caramel and dark roasted malts, rich full bodied flavor and creamy taste with slight notes of chocolate. So everything about this beer would make you think it was brewed in 2029, you know, when Yingling finally figured out they should brew a porter. But uh, it's an original specialty beer brewed expressly for tavern owners and family trade since 1829. We are proud to be one of the largest porter producers in the U.S. Our porter calls for a general portion of caramel and dark roasted malts and so on and so forth. So there you go. What hops have they traditionally used? I'm sure they'll tell us that they've been using Galaxy from day one. Galaxy porter. Mm -hmm. I think you would call that a black IPA, Tony. Um, No, a Cascadian dark ale. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Boy, these beers give me a... I'm just getting a headache looking at their beers. The outraging evil mango beer must give you the worst fucking hangover on earth, dude. Latest innovation from America's oldest brewery, a pills made with nat. You got to hear this. A pills made with natural mango flavor for a refreshing taste. Brew with classic hops lands at 6%. What the fuck? Wow. 
It goes good with fish tacos. As you know, a lot of the people who live in Pottsville, mm. Pennsylvania are eating fish tacos and pad thai. Of course they are. All right, Tony, that's enough of my bullshit. That was funny. <laughs> that you was. Years off on that one. Um, I, I maintain that I got that one right. I called it exactly right. <laughs> you had the right logic. You loved your logic on those last two, but you, you weren't quite there. Bullshit. So, uh, that was a that was a tricky one. So Tony, um, I think we have given the people what they wanted, which is uh, giggling at old shitty beer. Uh, what do you think? I, I I think we absolutely have. I think it's time for us to sign off and tell people where we can where they can find us. Of course, they yeah, can they it. can hit us up on the Discord. Um, Griff will get on the con- Discord. You can do that via either Twitter or Instagram or email which Griff will give you in a second, um, hit us up and we'll let you in. Um, there's a lot going on there and it's not like it's a live thing. It's If you can imagine like message boards from back in the day but with like quality people for a change, this is no 4chan situation. This is more like an 8-coon situation. Um, oh, yeah. And, of course, if you want to check me out on a social network, I would recommend Untapped where I'm St. Moz on Untapped and Griff is Griff AD on untapped griff they can find us on email yeah come email us we're at uh, beer engine show at gmail.com uh hit us up on instagram beer engine pod twitter beer engine pod you can see our posts you can see our pictures you can see me chasing uh fucking packing peanuts around the yard um another reason to get on the discord i swear we're going to do a live show not live show a live hang um play some jackbox games hang out uh, worst case, I would say within the next couple of weeks, I would like to do that before I uh, take a little trip out to California for a couple of days. It would have been um, cool to do for somebody's birthday, just saying. Yeah, well, sometimes you don't realize it's somebody's birthday until you are looking for content for the podcast. And then it's a nice, convenient bone to go pick at for a while uh, because you're just sort of stuck and you can't come up with anything interesting. But happy birthday, Tony, of course. We love, we love Tony. Come on. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll do a little Discord hang. Um, hell, maybe we'll get on here impromptu this weekend because I don't fucking have anything to do this weekend. It's supposed to be nice out, though. Um, so we might, we might pop on. But I do think we'll do maybe a planned event and uh, within the next couple of weeks and call it maybe a, a little celebration for a whole year of fucking making this shit. Yep. Right? Good. This is like... I know we did. I know this is technically our fiftieth episode we released, but we did the one that was like fucking with like a pre-release of Super Bowl bets. So yeah, um, this think will be forty-nine, forty-ninth like full episode. So the next couple of weeks we're going to be I mean, hell. Uh, we're going to be hitting uh, fifty-two weeks of podcasting where we. I think we've released something every single week, Tony. Uh, I think we missed one week. Oh, we one, missed one. One. Week. Okay, so we're we're close. We're right yep. there though. That's pretty good for us. It is. Um, so we'll do, a little, we'll do a little hang online for that, play some fucking quiplash or whatever. Not bad. Uh, that's it, Tony. Anything else? Uh, any last final uh, greetings or uh, well wishes or, or hatred to leave to our listeners? Not a hatred towards listeners, but all I'll say is I was six for ten. I don't care what you say. I got that last one. Absolutely spot on. All right. Well, if you guys want to email us, just remind Tony when Yingling was first brewed. All right. We'll see you guys later. Peace.